0: 30 here and I, Brendan. Honestly, if you would have told me we would have reached 30 episodes, I would have been like, "Wow, like you might be silly," because I don't think we would ever have reached 30 episodes. But here we are, Brendan. We have you're made it. us low here. No, like I don't know. I figured, oh, this would be something you know, cool to do. But now we're at 30 whole episodes. You know, very exciting. It's a milestone. It's a episodes. It is. It's a lot of hours, but I'm excited. We're here. We're live. Yes, we're on Zoom. We're not in Ranger Hall, but you know what, Brendan? We're making it work. We're trying we to be. Are. We're trying to be as professional as possible.
1: You well, right. mentioned in this thirty episodes. Now you could listen for over a whole day, over twenty four hours worth at least. We have even more of hundred percent sports. Yeah. Going back to last year, obviously a lot has changed since then. Mostly yeah. in the sports world, a lot of differences.
0: It's kind of wild to think, but here we are in the journey, episode thirty. Let's just jump right into it.
1: And the big difference between this year and last year as we're jumping into it is we're going to start off with the pickums, and the pickums between this year and last year have just been awful. I mean, it's just been this year has been so unpredictable. It's really, it's really just crazy how unpredictable it's been.
0: Absolutely, I think there's like a statistic that talks about how like the road teams actually have like are performing better this year than home teams. And you know my philosophy from last year, I always went with like the home team. Like, that was, like, a big part of my decision-making. You, your two decision-makers were the home team,
1: and if it was so close, you'd pick the quarterback that you thought was better.
0: Yeah, and now that's kind of out the window this year, especially with the road teams having more success. I guess we should say I went 9-6 and six in the Pickens for last week.
1: Yeah, Brandon, I finally you went, won a week.
0: You went 10-5. and five. Five. Another game an separation. Yeah, another game separation, though. I think
1: you're winning on the year, but it's 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 obviously still close. But, yeah. I mean, yeah, back to what you were saying with the, the home road splits this year, back on your other pick decision with the quarterback, it's like this year it's like so unpredictable. You look at it, it used to be, oh, well, it was Lamar Jackson going up against Baker Mayfield. Now we have last, last week's game where you know, it might have been two weeks ago um, where on Sunday night the Ravens played the Browns. You know, Lamar Jackson wasn't Lamar Jackson. He had a, a rough game where obviously Baker wasn't great either. So then it's just everything's thrown out the window. So it's been a wild year of NFL action and so unexpected. And there's no clear favorite of who's going to win some divisions and who's going to really go to the Super Bowl. Usually there's the teams that are starting to separate themselves from the pack right now. and That's not
0: what we have. Yeah, absolutely. But I think this ties into, like, the marquee games of Week 12. Like, I like this game especially as an Eagles fan. I mean, talking about teams that are up and down, quarterbacks that are up and down, the Vegas Raiders have been one of the most, like, up and down teams. They started off really hot. Then they and kind of they fell in the coaching
1: thing and then the, the, they went through players it. having to get cut for not various good reasons. reasons. Yeah.
0: yeah. And, you know, they've had so much turmoil there. I think they were on a three game losing streak heading into this Cowboys game on Thanksgiving, the top uh, platform. Jerry Jones said other than the Super Bowl, was Thanksgiving. Went into this game. What happened? The Raiders knock off the Cowboys who were considered one of the top teams. They were the Cowboys themselves were, they were looking pretty good, and now the Raiders all of a sudden are looking back to form. They went 36-33. Oh, yeah. to 33. For me, Derek Carr is everything for the Raiders. I mean, he looked phenomenal. Deshaun Jackson gave that team a deep threat. They looked really, really good, in my opinion. Well, we know Deshaun will make you happy bringing him back. But you oh, said yeah.
1: Derek, Derek Carr is, is the team. If he's great, then they're going to win games, as they did earlier in the year. But if he struggles a little bit, then the whole thing starts to collapse. And the defense is a huge component. They played really well controlling Dallas they still give a lot of points giving up 33 but when they needed to make the stops they they definitely did and Matt for you and and your family back home in Philly has it become a new Thanksgiving well not a new but a, a continued Thanksgiving tradition to watch the Cowboys lose every year
0: it's pretty fun I mean I'm not gonna lie to you it's it's a lot of fun it's right there next to the Lions always playing a backup quarterback on Thanksgiving it's a lot of fun it's something that's interesting and I honestly love the tradition. It, it brings heartbreak to Dallas, which I mean, as a fan of the Eagles, that's exciting to see. Uh, I mean, you know what? I Let's just say this. I don't think the Cowboys are as good as we all thought they were going to be. And honestly, like, I think this division is not necessarily up in the air. The Cowboys should win this division, but the Cowboys and it's closer this, than we thought. Yes. And that's, and that's the thing, like this division's up in the air. It's something where it's like, run wrong turn. They lose two games. Like I think the Eagles could be right on their tail, or even the Washington Football Team for that matter. I think the only team that's really out of that division is is the Giants, even though they got a big win versus the Eagles, which we don't really. Have to Look, talk even
1: about. them. Like if you talk about the division race, like they could win a wild card, like get a wild card spot if they somehow win almost all of their games at the end here. That's the thing. It's, like, usually by now there's some teams that are, like, clearly – like, obviously the the Detroit Lions are going to be, like, out of it. Like, they're they're not mathematically eliminated, though, is what I'm trying to say. And usually this is around the time where that starts to happen, where there's some teams that are out. But there's just so many teams floating around the wild card that have, you know, five, six losses, which is unheard of. Usually it's higher than that. And some teams end with around seven, eight losses, like – at at maximum to be around the wild card, obviously with the extra game this year.
0: Yeah, and that just goes to the unpredictability of this year. I mean, if you told me Vegas could all of a sudden make the wild card, wouldn't shock me. I mean, that's just how They would be in the
1: division. Like, they have a chance in the division too.
0: Yeah, like, that's just how this year is. Like, there's a lot of teams that are neck and neck with each other. Uh, I remember, like, a couple weeks ago, the darlings of the NFL were the Chargers. Now it's kind of like they're up and down again. So it's like there's no real team that should be – um, move. Like, I don't know. There's not a team that's really like grabbing the bull by the horns to say, I think, I think the Cardinals are really, for me, the only team and maybe the Buccaneers. Uh, well, I really... as the
1: Buccaneers are going to get to here as they played the Colts. Uh, I was about to say they're a team that's at, had a good start to the year. They looked unstoppable, looked beatable for three weeks in a row, then one, two, two in a row again, and then coming in this huge game against the Colts, Colts coming up an upset victory in Buffalo and they, they played hard. It went it went uh, down to the wire. Uh, the Bucs pulled away. Leonard Fournette had a day, also had a day on my fantasy bench, as usual. But, um, you know, uh, the Buccaneers, they they came away with the win as a, a shootout. The Bucs still have a lot, uh, excuse me, the Colts still have a lot to be happy about playing against a top team like that. But they also need to win games if they want a chance in their division with the Titans also slumping.
0: Yeah, I think the Colts are really a fun team as of late. They've been very exciting. They have that their brand of football is running the football, and you know me, I love that type of football. I think that wins games. And they got winning the, in the MVP trackers. of the league, I think. Jonathan Taylor, yeah. I mean, if Derrick Henry's healthy, I think He's it's well, a little yeah. different. And if Lamar's kind of, if Lamar didn't get sick and didn't get COVID, I think it's obviously dictating his play. Um, I think if he was healthy, I think that he'd probably be running away with the MVP. in My opinion. But that's neither here, near that, yeah, neither here or there. I do think Jonathan Taylor's been phenomenal, and the way that they're utilizing him, like they're giving him a ton of touches, but it makes that offense so much better because it doesn't make, it doesn't put pressure on Carson to have to do everything. And I think that's the perfect brand of football for Carson. Um, he's looked okay, you know. He isn't turning the football over. He's making, he's playing mistake-free football, and I think that's what's really helping this team win.
1: Definitely, and another team that has been on a roll lately it's tom brady's old team the new england patriots as you know as i'm dying inside with the fact of that (laughs) but the tennessee titans were a team they were the team that they played and the titans they struggled the week before but before that were at the top of the afc after a huge win against the rams going back a little bit further and um they the the patriots steamrolled them mac jones with another great game a 36 13 victory at home and it's just Tennessee they're they're stumbling now I think I
0: don't know I the Patriots just they run the football so like it's weird to say but the Colts the Patriots the Eagles before the Giants game those teams that are running the football well are really like the only like consistent teams in the league that's my argument and that's how I feel about this like the teams that can run the football, and this pre, pre, like, pre uh, Derrick Henry injury too, the Titans were considered one of the better teams because they can run the football. The Colts this year are becoming one of the better teams and more consistent like teams that can get a win because now they're running the football. You could argue the Patriots are the same way. They're running the football, and they're letting Mac Jones throw a little bit, but it's primarily a run-based offense. And the Eagles, for the weeks before, obviously, the Giants game, they were primarily running the football, and they were seen as dominant because they were winning games through time of possession and running the teams that are able to run the football. I think this year kind of break that trend of unpredictability. If you're able to run the football as a team, I think you're going to be able to win games. And it's pretty clear in a like questionable year where there's a lot of upsets and things of that nature. But I think I think the Patriots are showing that they can win some football games by running the football. Well, the Titans, like you said, they Derek Henry goes
1: down. They tried the experiment, with Adrian Peterson, which everybody was expecting that to not really go well. He's an older player; he's way well past his prime. And when not that, Ryan Tannehill is a bad quarterback, and they have good receivers. But when you take that security blanket of Derrick Henry, we could hand it off two, two times for each set of downs at like most often, and you don't, and you only have to throw the, the ball like when he has to. That just changes everything because now they don't get those running those run plays where he bullies for a couple of yards and the third and short. It's always now third and long. He's got to go down find A.J. Brown, who's been struggling this year, and Julio, who's been injured a lot, and the, the offensive line has been very streaky. So the Titans are a team that's crumbling, where the Patriots, after a so-so a, a start, have just turned it on and won so many games in a row, propelling themselves even to for a chance to take first place in their division, which I think they already have right now.
0: Yeah, and it's important. I think it's important to mention. uh, I think Adrian Peterson just signed to the practice squad of the Seattle Seahawks. He did. So he's getting another chance. But I don't know what that adds, but yeah. (laughs) I mean, the Seahawks are, you you know, because you have their draft pick. So they're a little up and down. But another important game in the NFC the Packers won 36 at the Rams. The Rams scored 28. I mean, it was an impressive win for the Packers. Who've had obviously some challenges with losing their quarterback due to COVID, but they're kind of fine in their way. Aaron Jones, like he's been injured a little bit. Jonathan Taylor. Well, the a- Packers to me are just a team that is just
1: they're they they're a team that can prove, you know, we say this every year, but they might be one of the clear cuts by the end of the year. If they feel like they, they might overtake them one seed in the NFC, it's totally possible. As were the Rams, the opposite. They didn't win a single game in the month of November. They're everybody's Super Bowl pick. September, October, and now it's kind of crumbling. So I still think they have a chance. But you look at all these teams, and I'm going to get to it later as we do the pickums with some other ones that I think. But I think this year's Super Bowl is going to be determined like last year's and the Buccaneers. Whoever gets hot at the right time is gonna is gonna be able to propel themselves to all the way because the Packers are a team that they they are so talented. The Rams are so talented. Whoever's playing the best football obviously it sounds cliche, but that's just going to win. It's not like there's just one team that's going to overpower everybody by being better.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree with that. I mentioned it earlier, and I think this is my philosophy for the entire year, and it's going to be for the playoffs. I mean, it's going to be cold weather, right, late January, early February. You're able to run the ball and control the time of possession. You should be able to win football games. So whatever offensive line is cooking, I'm going to, I'm going to lean on them. But this leads us right into week 13 pickum's Brendan. It's an exciting time. We should mention that we both, I believe we both took the Cowboys last We Both night, correct? did take
1: the Cowboys last. Okay. Night.
0: And the Cowboys ultimately did win 27-17. Taysom Hill got the start for the Saints. The Saints are kind of starting to go a little downhill here, but um that's an important note for these pickums. So we already the are both... once an
1: injury. Brutal.
0: Yeah. Uh that also their defense has kind of been like they were the number I mean, one. We knew they were defense. missing pieces. Yeah. Like they're a team that like
1: we knew in the offseason the defense got like kind of like stripped and they had like bits and pieces of what they were three years previous. And now that it's kind of showing that they're exposed.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think the Eagles kind of cracked the code and I know that sounds weird, but they were the number one run defense going into that game. Eagles ran all over them. I think it was for a total of 250 yards. And now teams are starting to realize you can run the ball on this team and they're finding ways to kind of, that was the one thing that the saints team really does well, stop the run, which forces teams to pass and you have great corners like uh, Lattimore and things like that, and a good secondary with Williams, Jenkins, players like that. But now you're making them have to also play the run, which is going to lead to more uh, one-on-one coverage, which is going to ultimately help that team uh, help teams throw on the Saints. So having a strong run game is absolutely destroying the Saints' defense. And so yeah, but this mm-hmm. leads us into our pickums of the week. We're both. And this one is something.
1: One. Yeah, this first game, I'm gonna give you a nice grand entrance here since the birth of 100 percent sports we have been waiting a long time for this day and to make this pick em. and it's it's a lot of fun because this week for one of the few times it only happens every couple of years the Eagles are playing the Jets it's gonna be it's gonna be a good one
0: absolutely I mean I think it's I don't know if good ones the good is the right word well, right entertaining for us this is this is a lot of high stakes
1: on this game for no us, other reasons. Absolutely. No, I mean, the Eagles and Jets, you know, not really a big rivalry, but it's it's a fun little rivalry. We don't hate each other's teams. We're not really in, too involved with each other. So it's just a, a fun experience for one game.
0: Yeah. And it's going to be a fun talking point. I mean, the Eagles are five and seven. The Jets are three and eight. Jets are coming off a 21 to 14 win versus the Texans. Growth for you guys. I mean, exciting. The Jets get a win. Um, they should have
1: played better, but they they got the win. That's all that matters.
0: Yeah, I mean, the Eagles are coming off a really disappointing 7 13 loss. Um, it was honestly just anything that could have went wrong offensively felt like it went wrong. Um, that's why, yeah, and I think this is a main point for me. The Eagles are favored by seven points. Um, coming into this one, and I feel like
1: it'll be closer than that, honestly. I, feel like, I don't know. I don't know. Well, I think you're your vectors, you're, you're banging up. You said this many times that the Eagles are pissed off after that game, they're, they're gonna come out hard, they're gonna have fighting. and. The keys to the game is going to be the Jets' defense, like against the Eagles' run game. As I know, you wanted to probably allude to it after this is that if they can run the ball down our throats, then it then they're probably going to have an easy day. But the Jets' defense had a great game against Houston, albeit it is Houston. John Franklin, Myers the interception, two sacks, two tackles for loss. You know, having a having a day. If the defensive line can get to Jalen Hurts, who may or may not be the same, we know he's been injured. He might not he even play. Yeah, I know that's that's what I'm saying. So if he's he's banged up where he's I think he's trying to force himself to go also where he might be banged up he might not be at his best so that's something the jets are gonna have to keep into account. We'll see if Jalen could be able to escape the pocket and make and make the plays after after the uh it breaks down. We might be limited in that and with the injuries to your running backs what's going to happen. But the Jets defense is going to be uh and how their line holds up is going to be a huge component in this game.
0: Yeah. And I think for the Eagles run game it's been dominant as of late for the previous four weeks. The thing is, like you mentioned, uh, uh, Jordan Howard's hurts. He's not playing. He's uh, he's out for this game. Boston Scott is a questionable. He might not play Jalen hurts, is, who is a huge part of the Eagles run game is questionable. I imagine he's going to play, but he is questionable. And I don't know if he that's a competitor. Limit. Yeah. I don't know if it's going to limit his, I think he wants that bad taste out of his mouth. I mean, you that's have what I'm saying, yeah, like I, I imagine he's going to play and he's going to play with a fire. If he does play, um, and then Miles Sanders is looking on track to play, but he's been kind of banged up a little bit. So the, really the only back that's been healthy has been Kenny Gainwell that's been on the roster not on the practice. Don't they block. not
1: really use him?
0: As of late, no, they haven't really been using him. He's been situational. But I think coming into this game, you're also got to worry about the Eagles' offensive line a little bit. Jason Kelsey has an injury. He's going to play most likely. I mean, Landon Dickerson and Mulatto on the left side have been dominant. Um, they have been. Um your right guard situation. It's going to be weird because Herbic's going to have to start. And he had an up and down game last week when he had to come in for Jack Driscoll and Jason Kelsey. So if they can keep running the football, which I believe in Jeff Statler and this offensive line to do, especially with Jason Kelsey at the helm, I think that it's going to be a long day for the jets. Cause that was something that we were hearing when they were doing joint practices where the Eagles offensive line was kind of dominating that jets defensive line, uh, especially in the run game. So if that shows up on Sunday, like you said, I, I just don't think there's a chance and yeah. that's why
1: their D line. Yeah. You know, their D lines is very boomer bust. Like they, they, they have the ability and the talent to be so explosive. They're very underrated. Like I mentioned, Franklin Myers, they got Quinn and Williams, Quincy Williams in linebacker position coming off off the edge on some plays they have all these guys that could play great. They, you saw it earlier in the year against Tennessee, but then there was a couple of games where they were struggling, but if they can make the plays they, and they, they have a chance, I mean, obviously, Zach Wilson going to be in a second game back after he was OK in his first game back from injury against Houston. I'm expecting a bounce back game in the fact that not that he played bad, but I think he's going to ease into it a little bit more quicker. And but that's obviously a huge component. Corey Davis may or may not play. I know the Eagles defense has been playing playing fairly well as of late in their
0: corners, So it's going to be that's also something to monitor. I will say, Darius Slay has been unbelievable so far this year. The guy that teams have been picking on has been Steven Nelson. He needs to play better. Um, so if that's the Jets coming into this game, if they want to pick on, if they want to pick on someone, Steven Nelson's probably the guy. Um, I will say though, for the Eagles' defense, they have been playing really well. It seems like Jonathan Gannon's kind of figured out how to use the tools that he has. Just has been fun to watch. Um, in terms of your defensive line. I think, yes, like generating, like stopping the runs can be important. But the thing that the Giants did really well was containing Jalen Hurts, right? They were able to – so what I mean by that is they were able to stay upfield in the sense that they were able to keep him in the pocket. When a defensive lineman shoots upfield, right, and is able to keep contain, that's going to stop any mobile quarterback from really being and That's what I'm saying with the advice.
1: injury too. So if they could do that and Jalen Hurts is a little banged up, I don't know. We don't know the level of severity it is. Where if how much he could run, if it if it isn't affects him at all, that could be a huge change because that's a huge component of his game. Obviously, he's been had a good season passing the ball, if you exclude last yeah. week. But it can happen. I mean, it was better. Obviously, his, he's more known for his legs, yeah, and he's better on the run throwing as well. Yeah, his strong not, not a pocket legs. passer. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, there's no, that's his strong suit as of right now as a player. Now, could he develop I'm
1: saying into more injury? of
0: a passer? Yeah, absolutely. But I, we, we kind of went on and on and about this. Who are you Yeah, But I got two this? more things
1: I want to add before oh, okay. I say that I think. Uh, so Keelan Cole wide receivers out. I mentioned Corey Davis may, may or may not play. So he's, he's like going to be a game time decision. They He's had an up and down year. So, and sometimes it felt like they forced had to force feed him the ball. Uh, Elijah Moore is obviously a wide receiver to watch. It. Also, we know we've been talking about this. Denzel Mims, he's gonna have a. T- he hasn't really done anything, and he. And I'm not saying he will because you know I'm. I've been somebody who's been rooting for him, but if he wants to make a statement, this is the game because if if Corey, especially if Corey's is out, he's gonna be back. He missed the past three weeks after being in COVID protocol. If he wants to prove himself, this is the game. He's gonna have an opportunity. He's probably gonna get minutes with a lot of the wide receivers out, not being able to play. That's something. And also special teams with our kicker, Matt Amendola. He missed a field goal last week. He just has been struggling the past couple of weeks and it's been hurting the team. If this is a close game, that's something to monitor if the jets decide to go for it on fourth down or go for a two point conversion
0: or something. If the kicking situation is not good. Yeah. But Brendan, ultimately, who are you picking to win this game?
1: I'm taking the jets just because I kind of, I listen for the the sake of, of pride in this podcast, and everything we stand for, I got to go with my team here. I still, I do think they could win if, if the defense plays well, as I mentioned, and you know, and the, our offensive line holds up, it's, it can happen. It's not like it's that big of a reach. It's and not. I think, I think, you know, for, for our personal pride here, I have to stick with, I can't pick your team against my team.
0: Fair. And I, I'm going to take the Eagles. Obviously. I just think they're going to be able to run the football. I think if they can control the time of possession and the line of scrimmage, it's kind of game over, um, but moving on here. <laughs> the Buccaneers. It's okay, it was
1: all right that we talked about it for a while. Yeah, We've you know what? for that
0: this is our this, that was our moment. Okay, anyway, the Buccaneers are heading to the Falcons in an in division battle. The Bucks are favored in this game by eleven whole points. They're eight and three in the season. The Falcons just lost their main piece in Cordell and Cordell Patterson, so they're five and six. I mean, I I don't know how you don't take the Bucks in this one. Uh, the, the Falcons normally I'm put up a lot there. of, they normally put up a lot of points, but it's like, I mean, their defense you normally can't stop the Buccaneers offense.
1: Yeah, last time they gave like 45 points or something. I mean, that's just, yeah, it's, it's a lot. And I don't see the, like the fact that yeah, they won last week, but they play in Jacksonville. Buccaneers are also on a tear right now. So I don't see them slowing down.
0: Yeah. Moving on here, the Cardinals, which this is an interesting game because now both Kyler Murray and Uh, DeAndre Hopkins are going to be game times decisions as it just came out, but the nine and two Cardinals are heading to the Chicago bears who are very up and down. I mean, they did just win versus the lions, but Matt Nagy seems to be on the hot seat a little bit here. And I don't know if Dalton's going to play or if they're going to put fields in there, There's some question marks with that, but I'm going to take Arizona with whatever happens with the bears. I'm just going to stick with Arizona here. I think Arizona has got the defense to stop whatever quarterbacks in the game Versus stagnant Bears offense.
1: Yeah, I'm not going. I'm I'm taking the Cardinals as well. I mean, the Bears. I don't trust them, and the Cardinals, even especially if Kyler Murray and D are back, even without them, I just think overall their team is just way better, and they the
0: Bears don't really have a chance. And here's an interesting one: the battle of the young quarterbacks. Okay, you got the, the Chargers. Oh yeah, the Chargers who are six and five are heading to the Bengals. Uh, to Cincinnati to face the Bengals who are seven and four after demolishing the Steelers. I mean, this is an interesting game. The bang- uh, the Bengals are favored by three. I, I don't know. I-, I don't really know who to take. Part of me wants to go with the chargers. Part of me is like, but it's the Bengals. Like which one, you know, like the Bengals are solid right now, Brennan, which one are you taking?
1: So this is another game. Like a lot of them that you can go either way with. So. Uh, I'm gonna go with the Bengals because I like how they've been playing. I think they had a, a big, big, big win against the Steelers. I like how everything they're doing. Joe Mixon running the ball really well. Joe Burrow having a game. Their special teams are, are okay. They got that good kicker, and their defense are holding up. Trey Hendrickson, man, has been incredible on that defensive line. And I just think the Chargers—they're in such a slump right now, and Cincinnati's playing so well that they're just gonna r- propel the victory just because they're just just
0: based on the just the mojo they both got going for them right now. So originally I was gonna go with the Bengals, okay. But now that I'm sitting here really thinking about it, the 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 Chargers are away, okay. The Bengals are coming off a high win versus division rival. The Chargers kind of need a win right now. I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick with the Chargers in a weird year where it's a lot of underdogs are kind of winning. I'm gonna go with the Chargers. I think there's something about this year that it's a pattern, and I think that they fit this mold of they're gonna win this football game because. Uh, one team's home, they they might overlook this game a little bit. I'm going to take the Chargers. I think they go
1: either way. Don't I think they're due. To...
0: Yeah, I think they're due for a win.
1: They are um, due, but I'm still going with Cincinnati. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Next game here, we got the Minnesota Vikings, who uh, recently just Dalvin Cook is now out for this game, which is an important note. They are five and six on the year. and coming off a tough loss. The 49ers, still in the wild card hunt, uh, are heading to the 0-10 and one lions who now lost i would say their best piece in deandre swift um I, I, how do you oh not man, go are you doing it no how, how do you okay. not the vikings like come on I, like... yeah
1: i also have the vikings
0: justin Jefferson's gonna have a field day with a weird secondary that's with already the banged corners
1: up. and like, yeah
0: there's it's nothing not really either. going for them yeah i don't
1: think we need to debate well this. i'll say i was supposed to question while we're okay. on it on the topic will they win a game do you actually think they'll win a game I, I don't know their their schedule on, on the end here,
0: but they're in a solid division,
1: so I don't I don't really know.
0: They will get one win. I think they will yeah. find a way to get a single win because like they were in games with like good teams. Like it's not like they're like absolutely no one. It's true. Like, on the It's roster. also crazy how how
1: they have a tie. Like it's gonna oh, they no. go on
0: on they're gonna be 16 and one. Then like yeah, it's let me run. Funny. Th- Here's the rest of their schedule. So, as I just mentioned, the Minnesota Vikings, they play the Broncos, the Cardinals, the Falcons, the Seahawks, and the Packers. All
1: right. So, the Falcons and Seahawks are two where I see a potential. But still, they're they're not going to
0: be favored. Even the Broncos could – and the Broncos are a good team, but they're they, they are up and down. There's some games where, like, they're just not – I feel like they're not there.
1: Well, they they beat up on Dallas, and they just beat the Chargers. I know they have another. They play the Chiefs on Sunday night this week, so that's going to be something to see if they could prove it again.
0: And this is a weird thing to say. I think they could beat the Packers week set week eighteen. I guess they don't play anybody. Yeah, they don't play anyone. Like, I mean, I think that that's a honest like that's something that can happen. But we'll have to wait and see. I think they will win one game. But uh, moving on, moving on to the next pick. Them here, a Daniel Jones Giants. That I don't know if that made sense, but. Uh, the Giants without Daniel Jones Mike Glennon at the Helms Four and seven of the year Coming off a big win Are heading to Miami To face two a time in the Dolphins Who have been absolutely on fire Which I do not like seeing this year But you know what My man Tua Have a day my guy But Tua I, I have two all the way here I, I don't The Dolphins defense Have been playing phenomenal I think Tua had his best game Of his career last week Give me the Dolphins Waddles also looked really good.
1: So um, I was originally going to take the Giants, but I just now looking at it, I got to go with Miami. They're on a tear right now. They've won their four in a row. The Giants, they had the big win last week. This game is in Miami, but I just think Mike Glennon starting isn't really going to do it. I don't know. Not like it'll be like a huge drastic difference from Daniel Jones, but just overall, I just don't really love what's going on with that team right now, especially just with how Miami is just, Playing so well, that 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 streak alone is going to carry them. They have all the momentum. It it would take something shocking for the Giants to win. So give me the Dolphins.
0: And then here in our final one o'clock game, another in division game, the Colts who are coming off a little bit of a tough loss here uh, are heading to the Texans. Uh, I mean, the Colts my lock of the week. The Colts. Yeah, I don't blame you. I think the Colts should win this game pretty easily. Uh, The Colts are ten point favorites, which. I think they should be more like 13, in my opinion. Tyrod's not bad, but, I mean, the Colts are going to run the football all day, every day. So, And they have a big shot playability with Carson Wentz's arm and the speed that they have at receiver. It's going to be a long day for the Texans. I'm going to take Well,
1: let me tell you, we played the Texans last week, and we were missing our top running back, is the rookie Michael Carter. And we had Tevin Coleman, uh, Ty Johnson, and a practice squatter, uh, Austin Walter, with a touchdown, just running the ball like crazy. So... A guy like Jonathan Taylor against a terrible run defense like that, it's just over.
0: (laughs) No. Here we go. The 4 o'clock games. We have the Washington football team, who are coming off another big win, are heading to the Vegas Raiders, who are also coming off a big win. This is a sneaky good game. This is a coin flip game. Brennan, who do you have?
1: All right. So, both teams you just said are coming off wins. in Washington – Although they came out with that win. It was scary for me rooting against the Seahawks with the Seahawks pick, but that, how that game ended and the touchdown that wasn't and then all of that. But the Raiders are more well-rested. They played Thursday, thanks the Thanksgiving Thursday. The Washington football team played on Monday night. So that's a long week versus a short week. And I think Washington, they, yeah, they did win and they're playing better. They still kind of underwhelmed where the Raiders looked, looked a lot better on Thanksgiving. Against the better opponent, the Cowboys fit the Seahawks, so I'm going to take the Raiders here. They're at home. I like what they're doing. Obviously, you showed the spread; it's only minus one, so it's definitely a close game. But I think they're going to keep keep the the momentum that they have and and win at home.
0: I agree. I mean, I'm, there's not much to add. I think I think that they should win this football game. Um, Washington again has looked good. Tyler Henneke's looked good, but. They the look good, but I feel like
1: they could like not like good enough. Like they played like what they did what they had to against Seattle, but they weren't like anything special. Like it was still a close game at the end. They couldn't pull away.
0: Yeah. I just think I think the Raiders are when they're when they're on fire and, and Derek Carr is catching back on fire, back to form. I mean, it's hard to stop that offense. So give me the Raiders. Um, this next game here, this is my lock of the week. Uh, the Jacksonville Jaguars, two and nine. Yes, they're coming no, they're coming off of a close game. They still lost, but close game. Are going to the Rams versus I mean I mean like the Rams have had, yes, Matthew Stafford's had up and downs and the Rams are losing games and like everyone's like that's their Super Bowl pick and now they're like, "Whoa, whoa, what's going on with the Rams?" This is the perfect get right game for the Rams. Like yeah. this is this is their chance to get right. They're going to be without OBJ most likely. It looks like he's got an injury. But still, I mean, the Rams got to win this football game, right? Like, like there isn't—they're no, thirteen-point favorites. I mean, no offense to Jacksonville, but the Rams are decades ahead of them right now, or light years ahead of them—not decades—in terms of talent on the roster. Give me the Rams. This is my lock of the week.
1: Yeah, I'm also going with the Rams. It's not really too much to say. You said it's going to be a get-right game, and I agree. They've been struggling lately. You're playing Jacksonville at home everything's lining up if they lose then you really really got to be concerned but i i don't see a way the Rams lose this football game matthew stafford needs this to have a good game after throwing a lot of interceptions the past couple weeks
0: yeah next game this used to be a really fun matchup in division matchup the ravens who are eight and three lamar's coming off his worst game really of his career uh are going to the steelers who are facing uh ben roethlisberger i almost called him a statue because that's what he is uh basically (laughs) um the, I mean, the Ravens are favored here. I don't picture Lamar having another bad game. I'm going with the Ravens. I, I even do... if he
1: does, just the Steelers aren't, I don't think, good enough on offense to overpower. Like, even if Lamar struggles, like, I don't think like, they'll be good, but their defense also struggled. The Ravens are just, just better. Their defense can take over the game, and Lamar, when he's Lamar, is, is going
0: to be incredible. So I think the, the Ravens are going to win. Yeah, that's it's a fair point. Here we go. The next game here with the 49ers. Now they're in, there's a lot of in-division matchups. I'm just realizing this, okay, this there week. Is. I don't know what it is. But the 49ers are heading to a tough place to play in Seattle. Brendan, who do you have here? Seattle's been on a lull. You picking them to upset?
1: Uh, so I think Fred Warner might be out of this game. And I know there was somebody else. It might have been Debo, who one of their wide receivers was a little banged up. But with that being said, I'm still taking San Francisco. Seattle is just – everything is gone going wrong right now. And Washington was a team that isn't as, as good as San Francisco. They played well and they almost came back and won. I just think San Francisco, even with those guys out are just going to have a day like Bosa on that offensive line of Seattle is just going to go crazy. And the defense and Jimmy G is going to do his thing. They're going to, they're going to run the ball. I, I just, I don't know. It's going to be a close game, I think still, but San Francisco just better Seattle with Russell Wilson struggling the way he is. And, and, Everyone calling for Pete Carroll to be done there. It's just everything's going wrong, and I think it continues that way this week.
0: <clears throat> Let me clear my throat here. Upset of the week. The Seattle Seahawks will find a way to beat the division foe in the 49ers. This is a division matchup, Brendan. Okay, they're going to Seattle. They're coming off a big win versus the 49ers. They're pretty much like, oh, wow, we just beat a wild card team. You know, Now we have a great lead, and we're looking good for the wild cards. No, no. Seattle, don't underestimate them. I don't know why. This is just a gut feeling. I just feel like Russell Wilson's going to have a day. I think, yes, the 49ers' defense is really good. But I think this is a division matchup. I think it's going to be a close game no matter what. And it's only a minus three game, Vegas feels, for the 49ers. I think that the Seattle Seahawks can win this football game. It's a weird feeling. But I think – I just think that they have they have kind of like a – I don't know. Like, I feel like the 49ers are riding high on their win. And I could see them overlooking this game. Yes, it's a division foe, but, like, I think the 49ers can win this football game pretty easily I really or I mean Seahawks excuse me mean? the Seahawks yeah i not well, you know I
1: like my fourth overall pick and you don't have to do <laughs> this to me but i, I don't know they I, it's also worth mentioning with that that the Seahawks have the same record as the jets so you know.
0: <laughs> yeah yeah that's true but i I have Seattle that's my upset of the week it's just a like gut feeling really but well,
1: moving we'll on see. to the sunday night game here yeah i have some strong thoughts about K- the Kansas City Chiefs
0: Really, go ahead. They're
1: hosting the Denver Broncos, and it's it's what I was talking about earlier not strong in a bad way, but I have the Chiefs winning this game at home at Arrowhead against the Broncos. And the way I look at it is, I said if a team gets hot at the right time and go away, this is a team that is starting to turn on a little bit. And if they continue it for the rest of the year with Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Tyreek Hill, and that if that defense can step up, I still believe they can go and win the Super Bowl, even everything that happened. They're just on paper and their roster is so talented that if they're playing great football, nobody's going to be able to stop them. It's just That's just the way it is. So they're playing the Broncos who are coming off of a couple of good games in a row, and I think it'll be close. The spread is nine and a half here for the Chiefs' favor, which I think is kind of ridiculous. I think this will be a really close game, uh, probably a high-scoring game, but I see the Chiefs uh, going on to victory.
0: Yeah, I have also the Chiefs. I get what you're saying. I just think that there's a little bit. Like, I feel like we're just kind of forgetting that their offensive line issues don't exist. Do they improve their offensive line? Absolutely. But there's still gaps in that offensive line. That's something where it's like, whoa, like, that's something we really need to consider. Along with their defense being up and down, their defense has been a lot better. Don't get me wrong. But still, there at the beginning of the year, there was something with that defense. And something happened where they were just giving up a massive amount of points. And I could see, like, one playoff game, a team cracking the code like figuring out like how to get that defense back to what they were at the beginning of the year. I don't think I, I don't think it's crazy to say that they can win the Super Bowl or get to the Super Bowl.
1: That's what I'm saying. You're I can I can see what I'm saying. I can see what you're saying. If they if somebody figures out the defense, they're done. They can get exposed and, and give up 40 points. But if they can figure it out and have a great game they can give up 10 points. It's there's there really is any it's not like a a, a small spectrum here. It's very wide open. So but if I'm saying if they can figure it out and have everything under control going into the playoffs. They're they're going to be in good shape.
0: And here with the Monday Night Football game, which my I worst truly, I truly hope this is the, an AFC like like playoff game, which I truly could be. I hope not. The eight and four Patriots are heading to Buffalo to face the Bills that are seven and four. They're coming off a bigger win versus Saints. The Bills are favored by two and a half points. Brendan, I want to hear your opinion as an AFC East fan. What are you feeling here?
1: This is my worst nightmare, Matt. <laughs> a good, a, another good surging Patriots team that everybody thinks is, has a chance to go all the way in the rookie year of, a, of their new quarterback versus the Bills, who everybody's been hyping up for the past three years and says they have the MVP quarterback of the league. And my team still hasn't made the playoffs in 10 years. So, you know, this is great. We love watching our <laughs> rival teams win every single year, you know, be blast. in the playoffs. And you know what? Why not just put it on prime prime time? So uh, this is a game I will not be watching for my sanity, but I will still have to make my pick them here. Cause that's what we do on this show. I think I'm going to go with the new England Patriots here on the room. And my reasoning is I, they, the amount of games they won in a row, I believe it's six now, if that's correct. They are just been crazy right now. And I think it continues the bills. They haven't really looked too good to me. A lot of their wins or their bigger wins were, everyone's saying Josh Allen MVP, his stats have come against teams that aren't as good. He had a huge game against the Jets. They played the Texans, you know, not so they've, they've had some games where there's kind of been stat padding a little bit, not to really mean, not in the way of saying stat padding, but you know what I mean? They're, they've played some better teams and they've struggled a little bit. They're seven and four. So I think the Patriots just how they've been playing. Everything's clicking. The defense looks good. Kendrick Bourne, uh wide receiver their offensive line looks good and obviously with damian harris running the ball everything's clicking and i think they're going to get a huge win on the road
0: yeah i think that the key for me here well obviously it's it's this is a big game for the division i think that's pretty obvious um you have two teams that are really neck and neck um for me i think that the consistency part of the patriots is why i'm picking them i agree with you they've been more consistent I just picture like the Bills of playing the Jacksonville and struggling. Like I don't know what it is. The Patriots are more consistent. I'm going to go with them. I'm surprised Vegas is giving the edge to the Bills. The only thing I will say is the Bills have a really home. good run defense, and they are home, and it's going to be cold. And it's I I, I can imagine that. Uh, excuse me, I can imagine that Bill wants to run the football, and if this defensive line for the Bills can show up and slow down the run. It's gonna be a long day for the Patriots. This is another Ball game that can
1: go either way. I yeah. just that I, I believe the Patriots are gonna end up winning. I do too. But you can't go you can't go wrong with either pick.
0: Yeah, and then here for that'll wrap up the pick comes for this week. But the teams that are on buy uh, this week are the Cleveland Browns, the uh, Green Bay Packers, the Tennessee Titans, and the Carolina Panthers.
1: All four teams that need buys urgently. So that's great, good timing for them, but especially with the Browns and Titans with all their injuries. Packers are. A little banged up, but you know can kind of just relax a little bit. Not as bad as the other teams. Aaron Rodgers and the Panthers are just kind of a disaster. Very hot and cold. So all, all these teams take a week off, get healthy, get right. Good good bye week for
0: them. Yeah, but this will move us on to the NHL where Brendan, the Islanders, what are they? I I, I don't
1: so, I don't know. I still don't. I still can't answer the question because I I bug myself out and I go on and say oh this team isn't good. I think they should have did this. Like I, I have a lot of, I have a lot of, uh, I, I don't know how to phrase this here, but I think there's a lot of things they should have done or mistakes that they made over the off season, even though they made, made some good moves. Like I think keeping Jordan Everly would have been more of a priority than, than Kyle Palmieri, or, or we should have tried to let Josh Bailey go. And we got to play more younger players, which I think it's a huge component. We have a very old team, but then they had a COVID situation where the NHL forced them to play four games, where they were missing so many guys, had half of an AHL roster. Then it just got to enough where they had to cancel two. So they have a lot of guys that shouldn't be playing. They they can't score goals. They have are dead last in the NHL in goal scored during their four game homestand to open up their brand new arena, which I've been obviously hyping up on this show for a while. Which I was all for, at all four losses, but it was it, the arena is beautiful. Um, this they. They had were forced to play those games, and they they scored in four games. They scored three goals. That's that is bad. It did not even score a goal a game. Not for a player, for a whole team. It's a shame. And they have their top players. you got to get somebody to step up, and nobody was able to step up. Matt Barzell scored a goal last night in their two one overtime loss to San Jose, but after they that was in the first two minutes, and after that they couldn't score the rest of the game. They were trapped in defense a lot. Ilya Sorokin kept a minute and played amazing. It was ridiculous how good he is. He's the best player on the team right now. But something is wrong. Can they, and they're really the, the longer this goes on, the deeper the hole that they put themselves in. It's going to be harder to climb out of. They've done ridiculous things in the past with win streaks. So there's a chance if they somehow go on a run, they can get themselves back in the thick of it. But this just might be the, the consensus that i am talked to other people about. We just think this might be the year that never was and just the bad luck year. We've, we haven't had any COVID issues the past two years. This year we have a COVID issue, and we have – all other than the Anders Lee injury, we haven't had too many injuries, but now this year the Islanders are just banged up with Brock Nelson, Ryan Pulock getting hurt. Just could be a year of bad luck where you kind of just play it out and just build better for next season.
0: Yeah, do you picture like – so we talked about uh, in our previous podcast, I believe, uh, Vegas Golden Knights making a big-time move for Eichel uh, to kind of spark that team, right? They, they're trying to change something there. Trying to re-energize the team, there's they were high expectations. They're kind of slow out the gates. Could you picture the Islanders making that sort of move, or is that? I like- I don't.
1: Well, I've always wanted them to. They made the Peugeot move t- uh, two years ago, and he's had a, he's been struggling a lot this year. Made the Palmieri move last year. A lot of fans want Vladimir Tarasenko as much would I, but I don't see them doing that. Just the way Lou Lamorello operates, a lot of fans are starting to get frustrated with the way he's built the team, going for so many veterans and opting to play these guys that aren't doing, aren't adding anything where you should add a a younger player. They have Anatoly Golyshev who they called here from the KHL and they haven't played him yet. They don't think he's there. Well, you don't think his game is right there is ready yet. Meanwhile, these other guys are going in and nothing's happening. Why not switch it up, spark it up. They have a problem with playing rookies and playing younger guys where the rest of the league is getting quicker, younger and faster and more skilled. We're still playing, you know, uh, more of slower style defensive hockey where it's not really working as well. So I think that they have in-house players to just spark things and change it up. They just the Lou has obviously done a great job changing the culture, but he struggled with making moves. And Barry Trotz is getting a little stubborn with what is with his line making decisions.
0: Yeah, but this leads us into kind of like your next point here. You have three guys that have absolutely been cooking, and they've been figuring out how to put the buck in the back of the net here in McDavid, Drysaitl, and Ovechkin. I mean, is there, like, for you, being a very high hockey fan, you know, you watch the majority of the games, is there someone that's kind of stepping up to you? I mean, the Oilers, for me, have looked really incredible. have been exceeding expectations, in my opinion. So, like, I don't know if it's – it's difficult because they have kind of two stars. So, it's like, who do you give it to? I don't know. I mean, Ovechkin's Ovechkin. I mean, he's been phenomenal. He's been – I mean, for his age especially. I mean, is there someone – that's the craziest part. Yeah, is there someone that's standing standing out to you?
1: Well, I, I look at the two, the Oilers duo there. Connor McDavid is the greatest player in the NHL now. And you could even say he was going on to be the greatest NHL player of all time, especially to do it in this era and do what he's doing is incredible because obviously other players have more championships, more points. But if you go back in a different era, it's a completely different game. It was much easier to score than it is now. Connor McDavid this year, in 21 games played, it has 40 points. So that's almost two points per game, which is absurd, where Leon Dreistyle in the 21 games has 41 points. So the two of them are neck-and-neck neck teammates, just incredible. And Alex Ovechkin is 36 years old. He has played 24 games, and he has 38 points. And that is also even more absurd. And 19 of those are goals as he's chasing the all-time goals record. And he really can do it. He's, he's put himself in a position, to with, with the amount of points he scored this year. But the, the guy I look at the most is, is obviously I think Drysdale has impressed me the most this year because we knew it from McDavid and Drysdale won a Hart Trophy two years ago and as the league MVP Or him to be doing it again and at this pace for more more as a goal scorer too I mean it's really I really can't go against either of them but he's just been so impressive how after being criticized for years always oh, just a, a second to McDavid that like, he's up there and he would be the top player on, on any other team.
0: Absolutely. Sorry, I was muted for a second there. <laughs> but um, this leads us into, like, you talk about the Islanders' woes a little bit with not playing younger guys, a franchise that kind of has the luxury of playing these younger players now. They've kind of been in the rebuild for, it seems like, a very long time now, the Red Wings. But they're kind of finding their way of late. seems like their rookies have really been playing well. There are certain standouts on that team that you see. Like, are there certain guys like, wow, like, that guy looks good?
1: Well, Lucas Raymond has been – somebody who's been amazing this season. He called him up. He was the fourth overall pick behind Alexi Lafreniere, Quentin Byfield, and Tim Stutzel. He's playing his first season now and not last year. And he stepped in and been been tremendous. They got Moritz Seider, a defenseman, picked a few years back, who's also been playing great on the blue line. And and they also have Phillips Zadina finally coming in and scoring some goals. So these are guys they've been waiting for. Obviously, they've been rebuilding, struggling as of late. But they've they're – helping them they're 12 nine and three They're that's better than anybody thought they would be at this point in the year and with and it's the youth movement always always helps uh for a team and it's showing how these guys have come in they've developed nicely and they're going to set up for a really good future there
0: yeah and another team that's kind of winning out of nowhere it's kind of seems not out of nowhere
1: but like they have the talent but they weren't expected after underperforming the last two years and I'll take it from you. It's the Calgary Flames. Yeah. And they're 14-4-5. Four they're scoring goals at a tremendous pace. Johnny Gaudreau, he's been criticized. He's been struggling. He's back at scoring. And somebody who's been phenomenal, who might be working his way into the Canadian Olympic team, I don't even know if you know this name, Matthew. It's Andrew Manjapane. He is incredible. He has more goals than, than assists on the year. He just went he had two goals at the opening night at UBS Arena. I was there. Killed, killed all of our dreams with his goals. He has 16 goals and three assists in 19 points in 23 games this season. At 25 years of age, he's still a fairly young player. He's only played 200 games in his career, making his debut in, in 2017 2018 season. He he is potentially be a top player on this team for for years to come. And coming out of nowhere. I'm and expecting. to Chuck, you forgot about to Chuck. Well, Matthew to he's been just doing. He's been their best player for the past couple of years. So that was expected. But for all these other guys who have been kind of middle six guys have stepped up and have a reason why they're playing swell. And I can't even forget Jacob Markstrom in net who was leading the league in shutouts and is a huge reason that their defensive game has gotten better because in Net, he's just making saves like crazy. He's got five shutouts on the air. It, it, it's ridiculous. Ten wins.
0: Yeah, it's incredible. But Brennan, I think that's going to do it for the NHL this week. This moves us right into the first topic of the NBA. The Phoenix Suns cannot lose, Brendan. It's pretty impressive. They're on, I believe, a 19 straight winning streak, which is incredible to say. And the funny part is the Suns started off 1-3 and on the year and have, again, ripped off this 19 straight. The dad joke I have here is I guess you could say the Suns are hot. Get it? Because their names wow. is the Suns. Yeah, good one. Uh, good one, Matt. But oh, anyway, <laughs> anyway, uh, there's a massive game, though, that's coming up here on the December 4th. That's tomorrow uh, versus the eighth and 3 Warriors. 18-3 and three Warriors. They have been phenomenal this year. The Warriors have been incredible. Stephen Curry's been a huge part of that. Clay Thompson is still working his way back. He has not played yet. He's been playing in the G League-affiliated team for the Warriors. But, I mean, look, this team is looking really good. They look really deep. Poole has looked phenomenal. I mean, this Warriors team is super deep. They're super fun to watch. But so is this Phoenix Suns team. Landry Schammett, Mikael Bridges is having an absolute year. Pieces like that are really driving this team into a successful position. And they're a huge part of this 19-game winning streak. Um, it's important to note that the Warriors and the Suns both played each other. Uh, and the Suns ultimately did win at home 104-96 to on November 30th. And Stephen Curry in that game shot four of 21 from the field and shot Sorry, more like specific. Him. Yes. Shot more specifically three of 14 from three. So that's a game that's very unorthodox for Stephen Curry struggling to find a shot. My question for you is, do you believe that the Western Con- this will be the Western conference series finals that that, that was a lot of words or <laughs> uh, do, do you think the Suns, uh like their, their chance was last year? I mean, if you look at it they were in the finals last year. They had to pay the Milwaukee Bucks who were kind of, you know, up and down like Milwaukee well, I know was
1: a... The consensus was that they got lucky. I figured you were going to get to that where LeBron James got hurt, a lot of the players in the Lakers got hurt. Um the Clippers were missing Kawhi and I don't remember who they played in the in the second round, but uh, no, they played the Jazz, right?
0: The first round they played the Lakers, uh the and second then, I don't remember particularly what exactly. like There was like injured players on all the
1: teams that they played which helped them get through, which I know was a critique of a lot of people saying, oh, if it's a regular full season, we'll rest, everyone's healthy, that they won't be able to get through. Well, so far, they've proved that wrong. i not the playoffs yet. This is a team that's expected to be in the playoffs, but we get there, don't know what seed. Because obviously, they there's a lot of time left for them to slow down. But I could totally see them doing it again. Devin Booker is, is amazing. You have DeAndre Ayton, the big man. So you have a lot of balance there. Then you also have Chris Paul running the floor. So you have all these guys that have, obviously Chris Paul being there before still w- chasing his ring is motivated with Devin Booker putting up shots and Ayton just developing into a, one of the top big men in the league after a slow start. I think they totally can. And back on the Warriors, the other team, I, th- I see the Warriors as they could be the best team and go and win, win another championship, especially when Clay comes back. I know there's question marks around his health, how he's going to be able to play, but still, if he's if he's even just half of the player he was, and all he needs to do, Clay, is just stand there, wait for the ball, and make shots. And if he can, I assume he'll be able to come back and do that. He doesn't need to dribble too much. I think he's going to be all right. And it's a huge boost for a team that's playing great as well.
0: And for me, the scariest thing about the Warriors is that they have a lot of young pieces that they could package in a deal to trade for a star if they really wanted to. They could package, they could mortgage the future, trade two young pieces and like Kaminga, Jonathan Kaminga, and Wiseman if they really wanted to and go get a star on that team. Another guy with both Steph, Clay, Draymond, and now Poole. I mean, this is an interesting team all around. Um, I think that they will contend for a championship because they are so good. They're so deep. And Stephen Curry has been absolutely unstoppable. He's been the MVP so far, in my opinion. But in terms of the Suns, the Suns, I think, can also make the finals. Now, I think last year, situationally, that was more their chance to win. But I think the Suns this year, they're having a more engaged, not engaged, a way better player in Mikhail Bridges, really stepping up. He's finding his role, though Nova prospect, Philly kid. Gotta love Mikhail Bridges. But, you know, he's been playing phenomenal. And they also have Crowder, who's obviously a championship marksman. He's been on so many teams uh, that's won a championship of late. And, I, I mean, I love that Suns team. I love Monty Williams, former Sixers assistant coach. This is a fun matchup. And I truly believe that this can be a Western Conference uh, series finals or final series. It, it's it's going to be fun to watch these two teams grow and they've looked phenomenal. But my only other thing really for the NBA was the Oklahoma city. Thunder had a historic loss last night. Uh, they lost 79 to 152 uh, to emphasize this, the Grizzlies who they played, I believe did not have John ja Morant on the floor. It was Jaron Jackson jr. Who absolutely tore them up. And the, and the, uh, Oklahoma city thunder lost by 73 points, uh, which is incredible to think about. And on top of that, there's a lot of people clamoring that the league in previous years have shut down teams for tanking. I don't think necessarily Oklahoma city's tanking. I think they have a tank. They're um, just bad. They're just really bad. I mean, they have a lot of draft picks. They're not the worst team in the NBA record wise. They just had a really bad loss. Uh, I just think the, the thunder are in a good position but I kind of wonder, like, when are they going to like start using those draft picks and start utilizing like some of these pieces that they have to go be competitive? You know, it's like it's great to have these assets, but it's like when are you going to start capitalizing on all the stuff that you have? It's like if you keep sitting on the stockpile, you got to use it at some point. I think of the Boston Celtics. A lot of the people were irritated with the Celtics because they sat on a stack, uh, a stockpile of Nets picks when they were really poor in 2016. They didn't utilize any of those picks, right, to go get a superstar like Anthony Davis, or to go get like a Paul George, like to go get a piece like that. And you could argue, yes, they did with Kyrie Irving, but I would argue it's a little, it was a little too late, too little, too late at that point. And you know, I just think if if you're the Thunder, yes, I understand like youth movement is really important for your organization. Josh Giddy looks really good. Shea just Alexander looks phenomenal. Dort looks really. Pokaszewski's not horrible. I mean, Dort's looked really good. They have some nice pieces there, but at a certain point, I think you got to start utilizing those draft picks, trade for a star, you know, and we'll, we'll have to wait and see, but I think the Thunder needs to start capitalizing on their future a little bit, but Brendan, this moves us into the MLP Free agency has been hot. I mean, there's been a lot of key signings here. Um, I know for you. There's new... bigger
1: news though, before that, oh. obviously all this. Oh, I feel like it's worth mentioning first, even though. The signings happen first, but Major League Baseball is in a lockout Yes, for the foreseeable future. I have heard things some, uh, from it could end short to it could go well into when the season's supposed to start, which would really be a shame because baseball is it's so diverse right now with the talent spread out. After, as a vet's invention. Yeah. Sorry, I stole your thunder there with all the signings. Because there's teams like the Texas Rangers going out and spending money. The Mariners making a move. The Blue Jays are teams that are just outside the playoffs where talent is starting to be distributed and smaller market teams are starting to spend money. And that just makes the game better. The CBA is going to be a war, but when it gets figured out, it's going to be an exciting season. But I'll give it back to you, Matt. You can tell me what I'm excited for.
0: Yeah, I mean, for you especially, I would say you got two of the bigger fish in free agency here. Max Scherzer signing a three-year, $130 million contract. He's going to be the replacement there. Uh, in, in the rotation, hopefully DeGrom can obviously stay healthy. Uh, yeah, if you the two of them stay healthy, it's going to yeah. be a tremendous,
1: tremendous rotation. And I want to I add about Scherzer. It's it's not just about the arms. I'm saying he's 37 years old. He's going to get injured. Well, that might be true to an extent. It's it's also – it's not about the full three years. There's also like an opt-out. It's about changing the culture. And uh, to go back to hockey, the Islanders did this when they brought in trots and Lamorello, different teams – you bring in players that are high energy. They've won before. You know, they're serious. You bring in these guys to change your culture. When you look at the Mets, what do you know? You're a disaster. They're a clown show. Nobody wants to go there. Nobody wants to deal with ownership. They don't know what they're doing, right? They lose. They have a history of losing forever. That's what it is. You bring in a guy like Max Scherzer, you know, and say, you know what? We're going to spend all this money. We're going to bring him here. That shows that they're committed to winning. That shows they want to change the, the, the vibe in the clubhouse. They want to show the fans, like, look, we're here to win. This is a culture we want to build. We want people to come and play the best they can. And we're not going to be a joke anymore. And that's what that
0: signing does. Along with Marte. I mean, we didn't even mention him. Like, that's a quality position player. He's a starting Um, center fielder. Yeah. And you lost Baez. Uh, That's important to note. He did join the Tigers on a six year, $160 million contract, a big deal for him. But I mean, still, you're getting a starting player, caliber player is a solid player. And And they upgraded, they
1: signed a couple other players too. Yeah, just adding more good names, but not as big.
0: Adding consistent bats to the lineup. That was something that I feel that the Mets really struggled, especially with last year. They struggled to consistently hit. So signing a guy like Marte, who's pretty consistent in the box. I think that's a really good signing for them. And they also Um, added
1: Eduardo Escobar, infielder. Mm-hmm. And Mark Canna, another outfielder from the, the A's, to round Obviously, Escobar's going to start. is going to be more of a fill-in, plug-in guy in the outfield whenever you need to start. Uh, could be in the bench, could be starting if he has to. So he's another solid player. So, again,
0: you know, rounding out the lineup with solid bats who are, have solid defense. Absolutely. And then another uh, signing here, the Rangers, as you mentioned earlier, they went – they got uh the big fish, one of the big second fish. Second and
1: third bait, second and shortstop.
0: Yeah. No well, they got – the big signing was Corey Seager for that team. I mean, obviously, there are a couple big signings. There's two massive ones here, but I like well, to count Marcus Simeon. No, but Simeon's like fine. In, like he's he really good in the MVP race. Look, he's really good. Okay. Like there's yeah, no arguing, but it's Corey Seager. Year. It's Corey Seager. It is Corey
1: Seager. Is Corey Seager.
0: Like he was guy, down
1: last year a little bit, but he's still career wise. Like he's tremendous.
0: phenomenal. And he got a 10 year $325 million contract. Like mind-blowing you didn't see that but i think
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> i think that this they're they're fixing their defensive uh infield that's automatically that they, they have a great infield no doubt um i mean thing the
1: Mets. they're changing their culture there. bringing the yeah. two guys that are talented great with the bat seeger's been there in la of winning culture for a while the rangers are known for losing for a long time they never won the world series so now they say look we're we're serious we might not be as big of a market as new york or la we're gonna go and spend all this money, take two of you guys here. We got a Garcia in the outfield. We got some our pitching is suspect, but we got some some guys coming up. So this isn't gonna be a project where a team like this competes this year, but maybe the next year and the year after. They got they can bring them some of their prospects, maybe add some more, get some depth pitching, and then they'll be able to compete. So I think this the, the Rangers are gonna be looking up for the future.
0: Yeah. And this moves us on to the top available free agents that are still out there. The Big fish of free agency this year, in my opinion, uh, is Carlos Correa. He's still out Definitely. there, the Astros guy. I mean, there's some rumblings as there is with the big name that he could go to the Yankees, you know, teams like that. But you know, Correa on
1: hold for now, yeah. Well, the lockout, everything's got
0: to be, yeah, you and gotta wait now. So
1: that's why some of these guys rush to get paid so quickly. So it was
0: done, and settled, yeah. That's important to note. So Carlos Correa is one of the big fish. Chris Bryant, who I – I mean, he was – if you don't remember, he was on the Cubs and he got traded uh, at the deadline to, I believe it was, the Giants, correct? The Giants. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then now he's a free agent. He's still available, a versatile player. Chris Bryant can play all over the field. He's someone that I was surprised didn't really sign in this first interim, if that makes sense, before the lockout. Because we all knew the lockout was going to happen. I was just surprised he didn't sign was, before yeah, that. it was inevitable. Trevor Story, who you believe is someone that's – uh i think he's a good player but i don't
1: think he's as good as everybody says he is i think he's solid he's also a product of course field if you look at his home and road splits so i think his a perfect fit for him would be the yankees with the short porch uh that's when, honestly where i see him going and getting paid but then lastly i'll finish it off with i don't he's definitely a met killer probably a philly killer too but uh freddie freeman the from the world series braves he's not signed. Everyone's expecting him to resign there, but we're not sure. And we're going finish this up with three top pitchers who got signed in free agency uh, after those guys. You got Kevin Gosman going to Toronto. Marcus Stroman, former Met, now with the Chicago Cubs, getting a three-year contract there. And the AL Cy Young winner from this year, Robbie Ray, signed with the Seattle Mariners who are looking to get better.
0: But yeah, Brennan, I think that's going to do it for episode 30 of 100% Sports.
1: Nice clean number there.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys for listening and God bless.